0: welcome to the homeschooling families podcast i'm leslie Munnery and i am so glad you're here today is a special treat for me because my guest is an old friend champ thornton and i went to college together and we worked at a christian camp together many many years ago And I've been thankful to see the doors that God has opened for him through the years as he served as a pastor and as an acquisitions editor for Crossway, an author of several books, and the host of In the Word on the Go, which is a podcast for families. His heart for discipling and equipping the next generation is something that I'm excited to chat with him about today. So stay tuned. Champ, welcome to the podcast. I am so glad you're joining me
1: today. Leslie, it is wonderful to be with you and to see you again. We were talking earlier. I think we have known each other since 1989. I'm not sure what that says, this but that it crazy means we've known each other for a while.
0: <laughs> and to be fair, we were very young children at that time when we met each yes, other in very 1989. <laughs> I think we probably met, was it for CIT or was it before that? At Counselor PINET. in
1: training. And I, that's what I, I thought. I think so. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, sophomores, juniors, seniors in high school, somewhere in there we met at a camp. And then we ended up working at that camp together and going to college together. And just it's funny how old friendships remain, even though there's been probably 25, 30 years since we've actually chatted.
1: It's astounding and a kindness from the Lord, for sure.
0: It really is. The commonality that God gives us, the fellowship with believers is such a gift. And you see the strength of the body of Christ in that every time I reconnect with someone like like you.
1: Yeah, that's so awesome.
0: Well, Champ, I am really excited to, to talk to you about your heart for discipleship and especially discipling the next generation, equipping them, getting them curious as you were talking about it, as we were chatting beforehand. But I found it really interesting to hear your testimony, how God really got your attention, which I think has been so impactful for why you do what you do today.
1: Yeah, so when I was 29 years old, I was diagnosed with a blood clot that turned into a pulmonary embolism, and those things are deadly uh, sometimes, and it really got my attention, and I was just beginning my time as a pastor, and it was a season where the Lord humbled me and then also brought me face-to-face with my mortality, because I was then diagnosed with having a genetic blood disorder disorder that inclines me toward clotting and so then you just think oh this isn't a one-off situation this could be something that happens again and i take preventive measures and so probably for the next 10 years of my life maybe not a day went by that i didn't think about death you know at some point hopefully it wasn't too morbid but you know it was a reminder that you know we're not going to live forever which at a for a 29 year old that really is what i needed But it's also borne fruit, not only in my heart, but also just kind of in my family's life. So as God has blessed us with kids and we have three teenagers now, I have wanted to make sure that for whatever time the Lord has left for me, and hopefully there's decades more, that I wanted to pass along to the next generation. And when I say that, what I mean is mainly my own kids. Right. I want to pass on to them the things that God has impressed on my heart that I think are important, that have been important for me and my walk with the Lord. And so a lot of my writing has that as its core. And I hope if God is pleased, not only does it bear fruit in my family's life, but then also trickles out to others as well.
0: Yes. And God has given you just great opportunities to write books that are, are really unique. Like you, and they're even titled unique. You use Radical in there. And, and I wanted to, to I want you to tell us a little bit about, first of all, why Radical? What is What is the thought process there? But also, why did you start writing these books for kids, for young people that, I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff in those books. We aren't used to seeing a lot of deep, good stuff in books for kids. So, you know, what was what how did this overflow as you were getting an idea of your own mortality that you noted and getting really a stronger view for your role in discipling your children and, and leaving your mark and, and doing all that you could for Christ in the days that you were allotted, then these books come out of all of that. How does that work together?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And really, you just have to kind of stand back and say it was God's direction and God's providence. There was a children's minister at our church when we came here in 2012 to Delaware, and she resigned. And so we needed a new children's pastor. And in the meantime, I was given the responsibility to oversee that area of ministry. And I thought, my goodness, what am I doing? What's the best next steps? And so I saw a gentleman, his name is Marty Machowski, at a pastor's breakfast. And I thought, well, he's written for kids. He's a children's pastor. I need to introduce myself and talk to him. So we did, I did, and we went to lunch together. And during that lunch, he was like, well, do you want to write for kids? And, and, uh, cause I had written some previously before, and he said, and I said, well, sure, I can put something together. And so I put together some ideas. And then out of that came the radical book for kids, which came out in 2016. Now you asked about the name, the radical book, and it's a bit of a pun because it comes from the Latin word radix, which means roots, like, you know, roots on a tree. And the idea was, is I wanted to communicate, how can we go deep in our faith with God's word and the Lord himself? And how can we, when you have deep roots, you can withstand strong storms and and then also, you know, this is a throwback, I guess, too, like when I grew up and, and before. But you know, radical kind of seems a little bit like, you know, hey, that's kind of radical. That's fun. That's a little odd and crazy. So, kind of taking all those levels of meaning is we want to have radical faith, but one that goes deep and also has fun too. So that's that's where the the title came from.
0: Yeah, I love that. And also, as you were talking, I, that that idea of roots that and and the play on words there, I think, is genius. But From what you saw with with the conversations that you had within your own family, with your kids and their capacity to understand deep theological, you know, doctrinal discussions. Kids amaze me with how much they're actually able to understand and grasp and, you know, the faith of a child. they, They don't question a lot of stuff that that adults tend to trip over. And yet there's this disconnect between what we're providing kids in a lot of children's ministries, as well as a lot of the books that are written for them. So how did you know, what did you see in your conversations with your own kids that made you confident that if you kind of went deeper in these books, that the kids could could take it?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. And I, like you, am just amazed and convinced that kids can understand so much. And in fact, I think the reason sometimes that we struggle to communicate deeper truths to our kids is not because of our kids, it's because we are not fully understanding them ourselves. And so what I want to do right now is just kind of point to Deuteronomy chapter six. There's a phrase in Deuteronomy six that you might know (laughs) when it talks about teach them diligently to your children. But what before it says, teach them diligently and then talk about these things when you're getting up and going for a walk and driving in the car, it says, you know, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And the truths that I'm teaching you today shall be on your heart. And then you teach them diligently. So what's preamble to anything we do with our kids is number one, our love for the Lord. And then number two, that we are pursuing and learning as well. So if we just start at teach them diligently, then we've we've got to actually kind of take some a running start to get there. And I think that is we think that God's put children in our lives because he wants us to disciple them. But, you know, I think in God's plan, it's not a zero sum game that he actually has a plan that he's discipling us as well through our kids.
0: Yeah, no question. And I actually wrote in in the first book that I wrote, Teach Them Diligently, I actually talk about the, the first part of the book, the for several chapters, we're talking about preparing the parent. And it's amazing to me, like you alluded to there, when Moses is giving his final instructions to go take this the promised land to the, the promise that you've been given 40 years before. He doesn't talk to the military leaders or the religious leaders or anything. The success in that new land is on the parents. He talks to parents first. And that is such an exciting and awe-inspiring thing. The opportunity that we have as parents to shape and and shepherd the hearts of our children is amazing. God is so good to give us that privilege.
1: I love that imagery, even the warfare imagery, because isn't that how the Psalms pick it up? Like children are like arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior and you know, there are things that we, as someone has said, are you know our children are going to go places that will never go, namely the future, right? right. We're going to fire our kids out. We, launch, we were just talking about this earlier, like our kids are in that launching stage of life. And that's what we want. We want to send them where the Lord has for them.
0: Yes, absolutely. And so, yeah, going deep with our kids, but it has to be an overflow of what God is doing in our own lives, yeah. and that's, that's right. that is such an important component that is very easy to jump over. And and it really, if if you are not growing and changing, you can't bring someone along. You know, you I, I remember hearing when we were in college that that to in order to pull someone up, you have to be on higher ground. You need to be growing and changing in your own walk so that you're able to pull your children and point them. In the direction. And then also the growth, the way that God is growing you, you are able to leverage all of these things that you're learning on behalf of your kids. And that gives you great opportunities to talk to them and to share. They know you're not perfect. So sharing how God is pointing that out, they already know it. Don't be afraid to tell. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're able to grow through how he's teaching you in those things, too, which is really, really powerful.
1: Yeah. And what's so true about that is you know, when we're living holy lives and we're pursuing the Lord and maybe on our best days, I mean, our kids need to see that example. Yep. But on our worst days, when we have failed, maybe we've lost our temper, we've been impatient or we've not set a good example with our words, or our actions, we get to model the gospel for them. And then we get to model that humility that says, you know, hey, dad was wrong and uh, I've already asked your mom to forgive me and I'm asking you to forgive me yep. as well. And so it's like, we're always teaching, we're always modeling even, you know, like our good days and our bad days.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then having the the faith, the confidence in God's word to then turn around and present that to our kids in a really meaningful way. And that's, you know, one of the things we talk about heart school around here
1: Hmm.
0: because really positioning homeschooling as a tool for discipleship, as a platform that gives you this, this time to have these great conversations but it's the conversations. It's that that taking advantage of those moments, whether it is in a a church setting or whether it is you're doing laundry together, it's taking advantage of those moments and allowing those radical roots to grow deeper and deeper as we are just talking very naturally about our faith, because that's modeling for our kids that that's how Christians talk. It just overflows right. into all areas of our life, which is really, really important. and in our culture today, there's such a disconnect between this is my church persona, this is my spiritual life, and this is my everyday life. And, you know, we were talking about that a little bit before. That ought not be right.
1: Yeah, I think it's so true is like and this is one of the things I'm trying to do in my books, like just starting with the design, like I didn't do anything with the design, but I love the way the designers make the books look so good and fun and inviting because God is not just true, but he's also good and he's beautiful, right? Goodness, beauty, and truth, they go together. And when we kind of separate that out, that, you know, we, you know, Jesus is all about salvation, which is true, but he's also the creator. And so like ice cream was his idea and pizza and baseball and soccer and, you know, fun facts and jokes. Humor is his idea. And so all these things come out of the the brilliant and creative and wonderful mind of God. And so I hope that in some of the books I've written to bring together not just amazing Bible truths about who God is and what he's done for us but also in addition to that combine them with just interesting and fun and engaging facts about the world he's made. So, you know, basically we're talking about theologically general revelation which means what God has revealed to all people not just specifically in scripture to his specific people but in the world he's made and then also specific revelation or the bible what he's revealed to his special people over time and so we have these two lenses to view who our god is one is inspired and one is not but they're both meaningful and we both can learn about god through through both of them
0: yes amen and we are so prone to put god in a box and because i th- i think our finite minds have a hard time understanding the the full measure of the goodness of God, you know, as you were talking about all the things that come through His creativity, from ice cream to these great experiences that we can have as a family and that sort of thing. And I and I just could hear the the verse in my head echoing around: "Every good and perfect gift, everything good and perfect comes from above." And we want to help our children from a very early age, where it's really easy for them to grasp that because they don't have the yeah the baggage that so many adults are carrying with them. They have that childlike, innocent, sweet faith. And we have this opportunity to pass on this big, grand, glorious view of God to them while they're actually shaping their their view of God, you know, day in and day out.
1: Yeah, it's so pivotal. And like you said, when they're young, it can be conversations like, wow, you know, that was really fast. Who made those leg muscles? God did. Isn't that amazing? Or, you know, about the food you're eating or about the games that you enjoyed or the sunset. That's just brilliant. We have wonderful ways of just pointing to who God is and we start young and we continue as they get older.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Champ, I have through the years, I've had conversations with a lot of families where the thought of discipleship, you know, just the concept of it is overwhelming and scary. It's like they don't even know where to start what does it even look like what would you say to to families just at a okay they have a heart to disciple their children what does that really look like day in and day out
1: so i think it's going to look different for different families and if we're going to acknowledge that god is god and we're not then we're going to acknowledge that he put you mom and he put you dad in that family with those children for a reason Mm -hmm. and even if you feel like on some days that it must be a ridiculously crazy reason that you don't understand, God knows and he did it for a very specific purpose and we have to submit to his goodness. there. And I would also say like with that as the bedrock beneath our feet, that God knows exactly what he's doing. Then let's set the bar low. Can we do that? Where instead of thinking, I want to have a discipleship plan that runs seven days a week, try (laughs) three, you know, and instead of 20 minutes with my children, how about five? And I think start there. And I'm a big advocate of habituation, of starting small. With I would rather my six-year-old open up a little storybook Bible every morning for about a minute and look at the, read the the short sentences or just enjoy the pictures. But it'd be a routine that when they're seven or eight, they start to read a little more and eventually they're reading God's word itself and not just a book about the Bible. Yep. It becomes part of who they are. I'm a big fan of that. So one thing we did uh, early on when our kids were very little, so we're talking like five or six, and then the youngest were like two or three is, and this is something we found for somebody else is we would start with just a Psalm. And so we would start with a short one, like, let's say Psalm one, and it would be something like this. We'd sit around, I would open my Bible and I would just say, I'm dad's going to read Psalm one. And as so I read it and I was like, all right, and I'm going to read verse one, two or three times. And then let's, would you guys try to say the first few words with me? So I read, blessed is the man. And we, we go through the verse one and, then, and read it again, read it again. Okay, you guys ready to dive in? Try to say it with me. And so you see the little mouths and they're catching every third word. And like, all right, that was wonderful. And then we, maybe I'll say a couple sentences of what it means. Then we pray, one of them prays, and that was it. Yep. And then the next day we do it again. And maybe we're on verse one for two or three days. And shock of my life, Leslie, within like a few weeks, Our two-year-olds know Psalm 1, like all of it from memory. And so now we're in the car, we're going to the grocery store, we're going to do a soccer practice on a Saturday. Hey guys, let's say Psalm 1 together. How about Jack, you start, okay, then Kenzie, Micah, you go next, and they'll rotate, and it's portable now. And we can have Bible time in the car, we can talk about it together, and then we can add, and then it's Psalm 23, and then maybe it's Psalm 100, or Psalm 103 if you're getting very adventurous. So, I mean... It's such low-hanging fruit, as it were, that I just have found was a wonderful way to have Bible time as a family, even when kids are really, really young.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and one of the the not only does it become portable, but another really great offshoot of having those those small habitual times is you'll find that it kind of overflows just naturally. Like, I was always amazed at. The out of the blue questions, they've just kind of been mulling something that was talked about or they heard it, whatever. And just these out of the blue questions come up every once in a while. And, and you know, God just starts to multiply those efforts. Nothing that you're saying, I'm going to set aside this time for. It's just, it just like, like Deuteronomy says, it just happens while you walk, while you talk. You are just now all of a sudden building on these little habits in just everyday situations. So I really love what you were talking about there with just starting small. Don't go out with an hour long plan because that's not sustainable. Right. But a little tiny bit is.
1: Absolutely. I'm a big fan of that. And I think it's important for us as parents to do. Like we said earlier, it's got to come from what we're living out first. And then as well, how we're leading the family, what we're making time for, and then uh, how we're incur- what we're encouraging them to do as well uh, on their own.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I want to switch over a little bit and talk specifically about your books for a few minutes. You have The Radical Book for Kids and then The Really Radical Book for Kids that we I really wanted to focus on today. Tell us a little bit about how those are set up. I know that you've got, you know, you're you're covering a lot of different topics. You've got a lot of fun in there as well as a lot of depth. So, what is actually found in those books?
1: Yeah, no, that is a great question. So <laughs> it's, they're kind of a grab bag, uh, a smorgasbord, all sorts of topics. Every, both books have covered the same kinds of topics. So it would be things like how to read certain books of the Bible, who were certain people in church history, what are some truths about who God is and what he's like and what he's done? How do we know that God exists? How can we trust the Bible? Is Christianity really true? How do we share our faith? How do we encourage other Christians? How do we take sermon notes? So some very practical things as well. And then fun things, interesting things, factual things about whether it's secret codes in the Bible or different shapes that help us understand the Bible better or, you know, battles of the Bible, how to clean your room. How can we see evidence for God, even in like the movies and stories that we love? Archaeological evidence, evidence that relates to history, science, interesting things about the way words work. So it's it's a smorgasbord of all sorts of topics. And God is Lord over all of that. And my hope here is, well, it's kind of like when you go shopping at, I don't know what you have in uh, South Carolina, but here we've got uh, Costco, we've got BJ's. I don't know, I think we have a Sam's Club near here, but those big box wholesale stores, right? Uh-huh. So especially before COVID you know they would have those uh, samples. You know every other aisle, some person and they're handing out cookies or something. And of course, the kids just love to go up to uh, those tables and, and get some some treats. And the reason they have those out is not just because the manager. I'm sure the manager is a really nice person, but they <laughs> want mom and dad to buy like the nine month supply, like the exactly. eighty pound bag of those cookies. <laughs> right. That's that's why they have the the samples there. So that's what I'm doing too. I want to put out a smorgasbord of samples, not just so they enjoy the sample. Yes. Okay, great. But I want them to come back later and buy the real thing. I want them to come back later and like, oh, I remember about St. Augustine. I want to learn more about him or who Jesus is and 100% God and 100% man. I want to learn more about that. We started. I want to learn more. What about the book of Romans? I read two pages on that. I want to go learn more. What about my identity in Christ or my union with Christ or about the resurrection of Jesus? Oh, I remember reading about that. I want to learn more. So I hope that this is just a starter kit. I hope it's just the beginning. If people who read the book, families and kids read it and stop there, okay, that'll be a fail. I want them to go on and be lifelong learners.
0: Yeah, go deeper, go deeper. Well, you you alluded to this. One of the things that I was thinking as you were talking was, what is your vision for how people utilize these books? Because I know that for me, the older I get, the more I enjoy learning about stuff like this. Yeah. So I would yeah. think that I would want to dive in right alongside and then we're all kind of geeking out together and <laughs> you know, just really enjoying the, the neat stuff that we're learning, which again, creates more organic conversations that leads to right. better discipleship time. So what is your vision for how families actually use these resources?
1: So it's actually changed over the years. So when I wrote it with my head, I thought, okay, this is going to be a nine-year-old, a 12-year-old, whatever, 14, and they're going to be on their bunk bed on a rainy Sunday afternoon, and they're reading about you know, this event or the situation or this truth or this interesting thing related to the Bible. And that's what I thought, is that they would just enjoy going through these books together. And then shock on my life, when the book came out, I'm seeing stuff on social media and it's like families are reading this together. They're doing their family reading after dinner. They're sitting at the dining room table. They're sitting in their living room. And I'm like, what? They're reading it together. Oh, who knew? That's (laughs) so cool. So I hadn't even envisioned that. So it's kind of like an extra bonus, like, oh, that's how families are utilizing it. So I think it's something you can do either way. They're bite-sized They're short little chapters. So the first book has like 67 chapters. The Second one has over 40, and so there's like lots of short little bite-sized segments that kids can read from age eight and up, and then adults are reading it too, and I'll see people post and say things like, I read this with my kids, and I enjoyed it as much as they did. So, I mean, that does my heart good for sure. Oh,
0: I'm sure. Well, yeah, isn't God good that his plans are always so much bigger than our own. I mean, we have seen that through the years, time after time, we have this little vision of what we think God is, is calling us to do. And then we, we take that step of faith that all of a sudden, the way that he uses it, the multiplication there is just magnificent. And he is, again, it's just a good gift from a good, good father.
1: Yeah. He's so generous.
0: Amen. Amen. But yeah, I, I know that when I get stuff or when I read stuff that is new to me or that I, I hadn't really thought of, especially with the kids, and we have this opportunity, you know, with homeschooling, you have this opportunity a lot, but that we like jump off, we're Googling stuff, we're going deeper. So I imagine the amount of wetting of appetites that you're doing with this for adults and children alike is really, really just off the charts. Because you tease us with, with enough information to really make us curious. And then there's, you know, so many other places that we can even go deeper and learn more. And, and, you know, I did a podcast, David and I did a podcast not long ago about wisdom and how wisdom is putting all of those things together. So you're able yeah. to kind of see how all of this ties together and you gain the wisdom that comes from that. And so it's it's really exciting to have these this depth of resource available for families.
1: That's really kind. And I love what you said about wisdom because like there's a chapter in my book here on some on wisdom. And the analogy I use is Legos. So God gives everybody, every kid, every person has like a little ziploc, excuse me, baggie of Legos, right? And we generally have about the same amount, some more, some less. But if you read the book of Proverbs, you'll notice like all the different colors of Legos. God has an opinion about wisdom in our relationships and how we work and how we learn in our families about purity. About the way we engage with money and our words, like like all these different colors, right? And so there are people in the world who think I'm wise. Like think about these geniuses who have changed the world, and a lot of times they have one color Lego and it's stacked really high and it's very wobbly, and the rest of their life is a dumpster fire, right? That is often the case. They have wisdom in one area maybe, but not the rest. But God says no. I want you to have a holistic uh, view of wisdom. We have on a wide basis, in all the colors. And so we're putting those pieces together and we're using all the pieces that God wants us to use. So I love what you said about it being like a big puzzle or even like a big Lego set. God is concerned about every area of our life.
0: Yep, so true, so true. Well, Champ, we are out of time for today, but I want you to tell everybody where they can find the book. Tell us again what the titles of those are. And then, you know, where can they connect with you if they want to kind of go deeper and learn more?
1: Oh, that's great. So the books are The Radical Book for Kids. And then the one that's just come out is called The Really Radical Book for Kids, More Truth, More Fun. And you can get those on Amazon or you can get them at newgrowthpress.com. My website, if you want to learn more about me, other books is champthornton.com. And you can find all that information there.
0: Great. Well, we will add all of those links to the show notes to make it as easy as possible for everybody to connect with you. So thank you so much for spending the time with me today. I really appreciate your being here.
1: Thanks, Leslie. It's been a joy. It's been great to talk with you today.
0: Thank you. And for everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. I I think Tam's given you a lot to think about. A lot of hope. I, I hope that, you know, as you're learning and growing, that God just gives you so many opportunities to naturally pass that off And, you know, the hope that there is really good or there are really good resources available for you to strengthen not only your own faith, but your child's faith and growing together in that way. So be sure that you check out those really radical books that Champ has told us about. Look at his website, learn more about him, and then just make sure that you're taking the time to be intentional in the way that you're shepherding the hearts of your children pointing them to Jesus, the Lord gives us so many opportunities day in and day out through conversations and activities and other things that we're doing. There's nothing mystical about discipleship. It just happens in those in-between times. And so I encourage you to take advantage of those. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long.